0: Well, good morning and welcome to Fellowship Rogers on the last Sunday of 2021. We are so glad that you are here. And my name is Pat Anderson. I'm one of the worship leaders here. And uh, the Andersons have some news to share with y'all. This is our Christmas gift this year. We added another one to our family a 32 pound baby boy. His name's John Ellis Anderson. And many of y'all know that we uh, have been uh, doing foster care over the past year and a half. And uh, we finally got to adopt uh, John Ellis this past, I guess, December 13th. And then over here on this side, you see big bro Cohen, and then Hayden and Ellie and John Ellis there. And we're we're so excited. And I could feel this whole morning talking about the process and the story. Mm Um, But we'll save that for another time. We're just reminded of God's faithfulness, and we're really grateful for our church family that has supported us through this season. And so, would you stand this morning and let's sing of his faithfulness as we close this year out? Be reminded of his goodness. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my breath that I am made, I will see of the goodness of God, I love your voice, you have led me through the fire, in darkest night, you are close like no other, I've known you as a father, as a friend and I have it in the goodness of God and all my Goodness of God, I'm gonna see of the goodness of
1: God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, friends.
2: Good morning, everybody. Good morning,
1: Pat, Amy. Guess what? What? 364 days till
2: Christmas. (laughs) We're so close.
1: (laughs) Start the countdown. Uh, Hey, really excited to have you guys with us this morning. Uh, We've got a smaller group. We know there's probably a lot more streaming online today than normal as people are traveling. And so that means for some of you, you've actually traveled here to be with family. So I want to say welcome uh, to fellowship this morning. Hope you get to experience what. Uh, we get to experience every week as we worship together and get to to meet the Lord. We have a special morning planned uh, for that this morning. I also want to say thank you for your generosity as a church. Uh, we still have a few days left in this fiscal year. If you uh, feel prompted to give uh, to fellowship or to the gift, you're welcome to do so. But man, it has been so sweet for us as staff uh, over the last two years through the pandemic, not worrying about layoffs and watching ministry just continue to happen. And so. Thanks for your generosity. Generosity, we appreciate it a ton, and are very grateful for you guys. So, we're taking a break this morning from our usual stuff. We've finished the Advent series, um, and we start Jonah next week. Uh, so we'll do Jonah and Ruth before we launch uh, Bentonville, and things kind of switch up here at Rogers as well. And so we've got uh, one Sunday morning together this Sunday where we're going to do just something a little different. Um, it's going to be a slower morning, uh, intentionally. Uh, We get to practice some spiritual disciplines together, and uh, the reason that we're going to do this is because uh, if you're like me, you might set New Year's resolutions going into a new year. I set them a lot, rarely actually do any of them, Um, but a lot of times we can set resolutions without actually having any resolution resolution or closure to the year that we're in. And it would be like uh, reading a book and getting to the last chapter or the last page and just closing it, putting it on a shelf, and moving on to the next book, which I've actually done.
2: I never do that. Yeah, don't recommend it,
1: it it doesn't work out too well. But uh, we actually want to finish strong this year and provide some space where we could think about the last year and we can reflect and we can spend some time uh, with the Lord. And so that's what we'll be doing. Y'all may know myself, Hunter, um, and Pat over here. Uh, there's nothing special about us, just normal dudes. Does uh, that
2: make me like abnormal? Yeah, <laughs> should
1: probably think about that intro a little <laughs> more. <laughs> this is my friend Amy Anderson, uh, a coworker for the last five years, in many ways a spiritual mentor for me, someone who I go to often. A person of peace, she has a high emotional intelligence. She's a disciple maker, a licensed counselor, a coffee connoisseur. Uh, we have been overseas together as we worked together for the last five years. We have yelled at each other over board games. I won, by
2: the um, way. And, I, and I, I, forgive,
1: I forgive you for that in front of everyone. Um, I was there to help her mourn the loss of her sweet cat, Barnabas, a, a couple of years ago. And uh, Anything I've missed? So, no, I is that, that good? I
2: think that kind of okay. sums me up, you know?
1: Uh, <clears throat> as as uh, Pat and I were dreaming a couple of months ago about this service, and Psalm 139 came up, which is what... Going to be going through. I was reading through it and I was going, man, I want to hear from Amy Anderson uh, on this. And so we get to do that this morning. I want you all to maybe think of the three of us as your spiritual guides for the morning as we kind of go in and out of uh, some spiritual disciplines. We'll have some time of worship. Hopefully, you got one of these cards on your way in. Um, if not, we do have a couple of stacks up here on front if you want to come grab them. Uh, they have the scripture that we'll be going through and also some space for you to write. So if you need a pen, Um, and you'd like to participate with us this morning, our ushers have some baskets of pens. If you'll just raise your hand, they can come uh, bring you one. Feel free to use your phone, journal, whatever. Um, But we get to do this together. And like I said, Pat will be leading worship. Amy and I are gonna stay up here, so we are trusting Carol Holmstrom in the back to turn off our microphones. Uh, Please. During the singing section, uh, that would be... (laughs) Absolutely,
2: great. That would be a uh, pretty sword for <laughs> yeah. That. Uh, yeah, so our theme this morning is Psalm 139, and it's about God's intimate heart for his people, and that's the heart that we're praying that we all be able to receive this morning. So to begin our time, we wanted to read Psalm 139 together. I'm going to read it over us. You can follow along on your card, but as I read it over us, would you guys mind standing with me as we read Psalm, or as I read Psalm 139 over us together? It's the body of Christ. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in this secret place when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting.
0: Let's sing the gospel together this morning in the darkness we were waiting without hope without light till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle Praise the Father, praise the Son, and praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit. Three in one. God. Feel the kingdom come and to reconcile the lost, to redeem the whole creation. You did not despise the cross. For even in your suffering, you saw to the other side, knowing this was our salvation. Jesus for our sake you died. Sing it out praise the father praise the father praise the son praise the dead rose from their tombs and the angels stood in all for the souls of all who come to the father are restored and the church of christ was born then the spirit lit the flame now this gospel truth of all shall not kneel shall not faint by his blood and in his name In his freedom, I am free for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me and praise. our prayer this morning. down that we'd be receptive to what you have to teach us. God, would you help us to walk by your spirit and trust in obedience today.
1: We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, it was a year ago. I remember going into 2021, coming out of 2020, and started hearing phrases like, this could be the norm going forward. And I was being pretty optimistic at the time and was just kind of like, nah, surely. Like, no, 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 no. 2020, right, was a year, and 2021 is going to be the year that brings life to all of us. And in some ways, that definitely happened. But the more we went into this past year, I think the more denial I began to live in. Um, It was far from what our family expected or desired uh, in many ways but in some sovereign way, exactly what I think we needed. And as I think about 2022 and kind of closing this chapter, what I wish for 2022 is that it is a precedented year. I'm tired of (laughs) unprecedented years and unprecedented times and just want a year that I can be like, yeah, we've done this before, but that may not be where God leads us and that's okay. Uh, What I love about scripture is that constantly the writers are thinking ahead and looking forward and asking questions like, where's God leading us? Like, what is coming? And we're actually going to take one of the Psalms this morning, Psalm 139 that we've already read, which I think does a good job of that, and kind of overlay it and use it as a tool to assess kind of where we're at as individuals, as a church. Um, And sometimes it's hard to to use Scripture to really, you know, speak in your current circumstances because there's not like a global pandemic, you know, section of Scripture that we can just turn to. If only. Yeah, (laughs) if only. Um, But this morning, we're going to take this and we're going to say, all right, given where we're at, what's been happening um, where is God leading us? What is that going to look like? And so uh, we'll be in Psalm 139. There's going to be three different movements that we'll take you through after each one. We'll stop. Uh, we'll pause and do some spiritual reflection, some spiritual rhythms. We'll get to guide you through that together. And so the first one begins like this. Uh, at the beginning of Psalm 139, we see David um, open with, Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. God, you, you know me. You, in my past, you've been with me, you've seen what I've gone through, you know my thoughts, like you know the things that are going on. That would be the struggles, that would be the joys. And and we actually see David use something called a mirism here a couple of times. Um, And so whenever you come across, you know, uh, some type of word or literary uh, structure that you don't understand, ask your smart friends. So Amy, uh, can, you, can you explain what a mirrorism is to us this yeah, morning?
2: Yeah, I'll try. Uh, it's a, a literary like, technique using two different exam- examples on like ends of the spectrum to include those ends of the spectrum and everything in between. So like in Psalm 139 verse 2 where it says, when I sit down and when I rise, two ends of the spectrum, but it's communicating God knows all of my actions.
1: Love it. Mm-hmm. Very simple. So you'll see that a couple of times in here. And I think that's probably comforting for David as he's writing to go like, not only, God, are you with me here and here, but everywhere in between, but also comforting for us as we look back um, and take a look back on this last year knowing that, man, God was with us through the joys and the pains, um, through the you know, rich community that we got to have, but also in the COVID isolations and quarantine, through the loss of loved ones, through the birth of new loved ones, that God has been present with us through it all and that he knows us even in those moments. And when you hear that, some of you in here may be thinking like, I don't know if I believe that in my life. Like, I saw God present in certain circumstances, but I don't know that he was there the whole time, that he was with me and knew me in that whole spectrum. And I think it's hard for us as finite beings sometimes to wrap our minds around the mystery of God, the infiniteness of God, the the sovereignty, the omnipotence, the omniscience, the omnipresence, like all these things that make him very different from us. We can't fully comprehend it. And the reason I know that is because, one, I cannot even come close to comprehending it. But also, look at David. He says the same thing. Such knowledge, this knowledge that we're talking about, that God knows me, that he's intimate with me, that he's walked with me, it's too wonderful for me. It is high. It is lofty. I actually cannot attain it. I can't wrap my mind around it. I've hit these points often in life where I've met a circumstance or a situation that kind of leaves me with some mystery of like, God, where are you? Like, what is, what is happening? And when I hit those moments, I can tend to go one of two ways, all right? And I don't think this is just me. It's probably a lot of us. We actually see examples of it in scripture. One of the clearest is when uh, Jesus rises from the dead and he tells his disciples ahead of time, go meet me at this place. And they're probably like, okay, he's gonna meet us, right? And then they see him. And it's fulfilled, and there's this mystery of, like, this guy was dead. And it says, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And I think when we hit these mysteries of God and not fully understanding, this is the direction we can go, to doubt, to more questions, to maybe even spiraling into losing faith a little bit in who God is, or into wonder of, like, man, I don't understand it, but it makes me want to worship. And I want to encourage you that, like, God responds to both. Obviously, we want to shoot for worship but doubt and expressing things to God, like, he actually re- responds to them.
2: But I think it's maybe hard for us, so to express it, at least for me. Yeah. For me in that, like, we have this fear of expressing those things to God because I think at times I think, oh, I'm not supposed to do that if I'm right. a believer. Like, if I trust God, I shouldn't have any doubts. Or if I'm trying to share my faith with somebody and I share my doubts with them, what will they think of my faith? Right. Then? Doubt is bad. Yeah, doubt is bad. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, which is not true. And honestly, I think sometimes the more we learn to present these things to God, The more it leads us to worship. And I wanna encourage you with a couple of things. Scripture is actually full of people bringing their doubts, their questions to the Lord. If you think about Psalms, there's actually specific Psalms called Psalms of Lament that are dedicated to this, that are full of sadness and questioning and, Where are you, God? Like, I feel alone. What is happening? Um, But also, we have to remember whatever we present to God, He already knows. There's nothing new that we can tell him if this is true that he intimately knows us. There's nothing new we can tell him that he doesn't know already. And not only does he desire our honesty to him, I think he expects it. And I'm reminded as a parent that sometimes, you know, we have different perspectives, right? Um, This is my little guy, Bill. And some of you, if you have kids or you've been around kids, you may have experienced a moment like this where clearly from your perspective, from your vision, you know something has happened. But you still ask the question, like, hey, buddy, did you find the bowl of chocolate? And if he were to look at me and be like, "Mm, nope, did not, I might ask again, like, hey, man, just want to give you a chance. Like, did you find the candy? Have you been eating some candy? And he might be like, nope, no chocolate here, right? It's like, dude, I know. I just want you to tell me. Like, I already know what has happened. I have a different perspective. I can see things that you can't see. I think for us, uh, when we go through some of these hard things, like, God is expecting us to tell him, to confess those, to be honest, because he already knows the inner parts of our heart. And so the first thing we want to do this minute, this morning is to pause and allow each of us some space to do that with the Lord, just to bring some things to light to him. Um, we're going to practice two spiritual uh, rhythms, disciplines, whatever you want to call them, practices, celebration and lament. As you think about This last year, I want you to think what were some of the significant moments that happened in your life, in your faith, in your family? Some of those are gonna be associated with celebration and with joy and uh, just with a lot of life, and others are not. Others are gonna be associated with lament and with pain. None of us were immune to pain and sorrow in the last 12 months. Hopefully, none of us were immune to celebration and things to like praise God for in the last. Twelve months, and so we're only going to have a couple of minutes to do this, so that this may be something that you follow up deeper with family or with your community later. Um, and one activity that you could do um, is to make memorial stones. Our family loves uh, these Ebenezer's, these memorial stones. It's a practice we see in the Old Testament and Scripture. And when we have a significant significant event that hits in our home, we try to mark it, whether it's something to celebrate or lament so that we can remember the faithfulness of God. And when people come over, they might ask, what's that jar? And We get to tell them and tell stories of God's faithfulness. So in the quiet of your seat, um, with your pen, with your paper, if you wanna take notes with your phone, just be with the Lord, whatever you need to do, uh, we wanna give you an opportunity to write some of these things out as you reflect.
0: Lamentations 3, verse 22 through 24. Jeremiah writes, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Just take a moment to reflect on that truth. Great is the faithfulness of says my soul therefore I will hope in him let's testify of this truth together as we sing great is thy faith
1: So we, we've kind of looked back with David a little bit. God, you have searched me. You have known me. Um, now we're going to move a little bit more to the look within. And one of the things I've appreciated about you, Amy, over working with you the past five years is your just deep spiritual well and your intimacy with Jesus and that you know him so intimately and personally. And so as you studied through this kind of middle section of this psalm, what's God revealed to you?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. So as I've studied this, um, one thing, one big thing the Lord has revealed to me is that, he, yes, he wants to be in the past with us and he knows all of that, but he also wants to be in the present with us, our present circumstances and our present moments. And that in fact, he's always with us no matter what, our present circumstances are. And I really saw that in verses 7 through 12 in in Psalm 139, where we see David asking these couple different questions, like, where should I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go here, you are there. If I go here, you're also there. And as I studied it, I was actually kind of surprised, like, oh, David's tone when he's saying this is he's encouraged, and he's feeling hopeful that God's always with me. And the reason I was surprised is, well, that means David To be aware of God's presence has to be practicing being present in his own life, in his own circumstances, uh, in his own feelings and his surroundings. And and the reason that was surprising to me is because uh, the Lord's been revealing to me, I'm not very good at being present <laughs> in the moment. I easily get distracted, rather than be with God or with others or with myself. And I doubt that I'm alone in that. Right? And I, I don't and
1: struggle with thank
2: that. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for affirming me yeah. in that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so I see that with students in FSM that I work with. I see that with leaders. I see that in the counseling room that we can tend towards instead of being present with God, ourselves, or others, And we tend towards distraction. There might be a couple different reasons for that, but I think one big one would be our culture at large. I don't think places a high value on being present in the moment. And we probably don't have to go very far to actually find examples of that. You know, one example of that be this thing right here, this device that's probably in our pockets or in the seat next to us. and Or when we go home, there's so many. Wait, Sorry. Yeah, hide yeah. that, please. Yeah. Yes. Hunter, you know, he's good at being present. <laughs> and, or it could be we go home and there's a bunch of different TV options or streaming options where it's like I can jump on Instagram or Facebook or any of those social media apps and immediately be distracted if I don't want to be present. But I actually think there's a deeper underlying reason of why it's hard for me to be present. I mean, for all of us to be present at times. And I've learned that from just looking at my own heart and then through what I've studied in counseling is to actually be present with God or with ourselves and with other people, it's actually really vulnerable and it's risky to do. Because when we choose to be present, oftentimes in my heart and mind, what comes up in me is if I do that, What will I find, and what will I feel?
1: Yeah, well, for me, it's not what will I find. Like, I know what I will find, and I don't want to go there.
2: (laughs) Right, So, so that is very true. It's also true for me. And other things that I have asked myself is, like, what if I don't like what I see? What will others or God think of me in that place? What if I don't have, what if I'll be overwhelmed? What if I don't have enough to take on that circumstance or that feeling? What if I'm just not enough? And when these questions come up from us in our heart and minds, I find that we often go one or two ways so we can maybe avoid being present. One would be to go to turn up the energy, which basically just means we do more things. So whether that be, okay, I'm going to clean the house now, even though I've cleaned it a million times this week, or it's I'm going to add things to my work schedule. I'm going to fill my schedule. Or instead of, oh, instead of like talking about that in this conversation, I'm going to change the subject really quickly. We just do more things to avoid being present in case you haven't noticed. That's me. I turn up the energy when I don't want to to be present. But you may identify with the other side, which is to turn down the energy, which is I wanna pull away from people. I just wanna be alone, I wanna disconnect, I wanna isolate, I wanna watch TV and just kinda numb out to not feel.
1: This is really interesting for me because I think for probably the first 25 years of my life that was me, just turn up the energy, go, go, go. I don't wanna be in this moment. I don't know if it's from getting older, having more kids, being in ministry, but now, like, this is me hardcore, and I just want to grab a crossword and go away for 24 hours and not talk to anyone very often.
2: Crosswords are great, though, right? (laughs) but we we all have these strategies, and also, it's not bad to do things. It's not bad to do work. It's also not bad to need alone time. It's whenever we use those things to avoid being present with God or with others, that's when it's not best. And so, yeah, even though we have these strategies, we so long- to be present and to have God be present with us and have other people be present with us. And I see that in this psalm as David is talking because when we face this present life alone, it feels a lot more scary and daunting than if we we face the exact same circumstances, but with people we know and trust. It's completely different. And I really saw that in verses in 11 and 12 where David is describing his circumstances as dark. But when God was in that same place with him, he immediately describes it as, oh, it's light. But the darkness is not dark to you. It is light to you. So in that place of maybe heaviness or fear for David, it was taken away. And it was replaced with freedom and presence and hope from the Lord. So for us, in the same way, whatever I'm bringing in, whatever we're bringing in this morning, all of you guys, whether that be pain or certain circumstances or feelings, by remembering and experiencing God's presence, he can bring comfort and hope and peace and freedom into that place. And And the amazing thing is is that he wants to be in that place with us, and he is in that place with us. So whatever you're carrying in, man, be encouraged. It's not too much. It's not too heavy or too far from God.
1: I'm glad you highlight that because I think the way you just summed that up, summed Mm -hmm. up our experience in May with Mm -hmm. our miscarriage and just this incredible darkness and pain and hurt, and at the same time, this sovereign light and joy and hope in a way that Mm -hmm. we probably can't describe outside of just the, the peace that comes from Jesus. And so right. when we are present with God in, in those moments, where does that lead us? What actually comes of it?
2: Another good question. And I think that's in the next section in verses 13 through 16, where we see David's response. And the way that I would describe David's response is he had like a vision correction. Things were blurry for him. And then he put on the right prescription and he could see clearly as he was practicing the presence of God. and then the same thing happens for us when we practice being with God. It leads us to this vision correction, and and the first thing that we see David have a vision correction is is actually his view of God it becomes more clear. We see in these verses that he's remembering God is intimate with him. He knows him. He delights in him. That God's a creator and He's good and He's present. And so whenever David is being aware of God with him, he's having a greater experience of who God is, a deeper experience. It's expanding his view of who God is and giving him greater clarity. The same is true for us when we practice being present. But the really cool thing is, as David got a clearer view of of who God is, it actually showed him more clearly how God viewed him. So God is a creator and he's good. That means I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. I'm delighted in, I'm cared for. Man, and for us, The same thing, as we see God more clearly, we'll see more clearly how he views us, that we're known, we're cared for, we're cherished, we are his creation, that we're known and we're protected. Man, I don't know about you, though. My soul needs to hear that, I think, 100 times a day, (laughs) those different truths about who God is and how he views me. But the last thing where David gets a more clear picture is of his purpose. And we see that in verse 16, where he's describing how God knows each of his days. Not only does he know them, he actually ordains them.
1: by ordained, you mean he he sets it aside, sets it for a purpose, like there's intention behind him.
2: Yes, exactly. So like each day of David's life had a, a purpose and a plan, and God was with him, and that's so all the normal, the hard, the boring, the joyous moments. God had a plan and purpose for David in those places. And so for you and me, and I hope that's encouraging for us, that we're aware, when we're aware of God with us, when we make space and time for that. It leads us, I think, to see each day and each moment we have as an opportunity and, and purposeful to know God more and to make him known no matter if it's the hardest of days or the most normal of days or the most joyous of days for us. Yeah. So as
1: you go throughout your life, uh, whether it's in counseling or discipleship or ministering, whatever, whatever you're doing, what are some of the practices that kind of help you in this
2: regard? Yeah, two come to my mind, and one will be really familiar to us probably, and one might be new to us. So the familiar one would be prayer, and I would... Simply define that as communicating directly with God to deepen your relationship with God, whether that be you're speaking your prayers out loud or that being the quiet of your heart and mind talking to God or you're journaling or you're meditating. is anything that helps you communicate with God about your present experience, your circumstance, your life. But the other one, which might be new to us, is a spiritual practice of noticing. And I would define that as paying attention to the present to deepen your awareness of God. So paying attention to the present would be things like paying attention to your circumstances or the emotions that you feel in that moment or even how your physical body feels at any given moment or how your relationships are feeling to you. Are they tense? Do they feel uh, connected right now or not? And and that's practicing and noticing. So in the next kind of practice, we're gonna do both of these together uh, because David modeled both of these for us in this section. So you can use your handout, or you can pray silently, but... Here's what I would encourage us to think through, these couple of questions to help us be aware of God's presence in our lives. So in this moment, January, not January, it's December, not, not yet, sorry, almost. I was like, wow, well, it's not January, almost. December 26, 2021, what are you noticing about God and his presence right now? Where do you see him working presently in your life? Maybe you need to answer that one, or maybe you need to answer the next question, which would be, what areas or moments of your life currently do you need to be reminded that God is In that place with you. So take the next few minutes, pray, and talk to God about those places. That's Pat place. Some worship for us.
0: David also writes, Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In reading through Psalm 139 and reflecting on Psalm 16, one thing has continually come to mind And it's that if I truly believe this, if I believe this scripture is true, then why would I ever spend one moment outside of his presence? My prayer has been, God, would you call me to attention daily to live and to walk by your spirit? So let this song, these lyrics be your prayer this morning.
1: looked back with David, we've looked within, and now we're going to see as he, um, as he closes out this section, um, this psalm, that he's going to take a look forward. And I don't know if anybody here likes to do like forecasting and that kind of stuff. Uh, I am not a business guy. I do have uh, a very small amount of economics education, which makes me very dangerous <laughs> at best. Um, I wrote a, a, a linear regression for my college thesis to try to pick the BCS National Championship in 2011 for college football. Who won? It predicted the Razorbacks, which did not happen, (laughs) uh, so it didn't get the best grade. But um, I do love to forecast, I love to dream and think about like what's coming and and the more I've tried to do that with my life, the more I've realized the only thing I can truly predict is God's faithfulness, that's it. That there's so much unknown and, and we need to plan, we need to think ahead and dream But man, the only thing that we can count on is the faithfulness of God. And so as I watch David kind of close this out, he's going to get there, but he kind of goes back to what he's talked about before, before he ends, okay, before he gets to these last two verses. And we see him double down on this idea of the beauty of the mystery of God. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. And I love that he comes back to this and reminds us that there is a sweetness to the mystery of a God. Of, of God. Uh, I think as kids, we tend to be inspired by mystery and wonder, and then the older we get, the more we try to rule it out and like figure everything out and, and dismiss it. But man, there's a sweetness to the knowledge of God's knowledge. There's also a sweetness to not knowing and to trusting and to worshiping. Now, at the same time, I think our, our current circumstances, whatever we're walking through, can kind of skew our ability to see God's faithfulness. And as I was first studying through this, I was hoping you would actually teach this section because I got to this part and I'm like, man, this, this doesn't fit. Like, David kind of goes off here for a minute. He says, oh, that you would slay the wicked, oh God. Oh, men of blood, depart from me. They, and he like,
2: What accent is that? that was I don't nice. know. I
1: don't know. But you just see like the mood kind of change here. For these verses, and I'm reading it going, man, there's a lot of anger and hurt and fear, I think, in here. One, David probably needs some counseling yeah. uh, would be great. I think probably. if we look at, like, uh, the last year, none of us are immune from needing counseling. I go to counseling. I go to counseling. You're a counselor and, and go, to, go counseling, to counseling, which is great. kind of fun. Um, but there's this tension that he's dealing with and going, like, man, I'm offering up these things. And he's using strong wording, like, I hate those who hate you, O oh Lord. I hate them with complete hatred. How many times can you say the word hate in just a couple of verses? Like, I count them as my enemies. And the reason that, like, I was thrown off by this because I'm reading going, that feels the opposite of what Jesus teaches, that, like, we're to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. And the only way I could really reconcile what's happening here is I think David's actually offering this up to the Lord. And he's saying, this is what I feel. This is real. This is raw. But look at these last two verses. God, I need you to search me. We're ending the same way we've started. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. See if any of this is off, if there's a grievous way, this aspect of my character or my attitude that might lead to grief. And he's taking these pains and these doubts and these fears and these frustrations, and he's actually offering them to the Lord. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying in the middle section of The best way for David to move forward and to know how to move forward and who he is is to reflect on who God is and what God um, is walking through and how God is leading him. And that's where his identity will be found. And that's a reminder for me that, like, my identity isn't found in, you know, any of these other things, a number. Man, if I – this is just a little little passive-aggressive, Hunter. When people come to me and like, hey – are you a three? I want to look at him and be like, "No, I'm a child of God." No, my okay. Name's Hunter. Yeah, my name's Hunter. That's what <laughs> defines me, right? Uh, but we have to learn to like let let our identity be found in the one who actually knows us. Like, if we want to be known, let's go to the one who knows us. If we want to set um, these New Year's resolutions as we move into a new year, that's great. But let's set the Word of God in front of us and let that be our lens and our direction. Uh, that we move. And so I truly believe that 2022 is going to be an incredible year for the life of this church. as So many things uh, are going to be changing. And this is what I want for each of us. For me, for Amy, for Pat, for all of us, is this last line that we would be humbly submissive to the Lord and ask him to know our thoughts and our hearts and that he would lead us into the way everlasting. When I think about this way of life, this way everlasting, I think Psalm 1 one of my favorite psalms, probably, where we see this image of the man of God, the woman of God is, is like a tree planted by streams of water. It yields fruit in and out of season. It has life. And I want to surround myself with people who are like that. Y'all, y'all know these people. You look at them and you go, they are, have the spirit of God overflowing out of them. I had the opportunity this last week to sit down with one of our elders for breakfast. His name's Steve. And he was just sharing some of his thoughts and his desires for the coming year you know what one of his biggest goals is for 2022? What? To be a good friend. And I'm like, why is my heart not like that? Like, <laughs> so I, 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 want, I want God, you to test my heart. You know my thoughts. You know my desires. Would you lead me into the way everlasting, into a submissive relationship with you? And, and God knows all of it ahead of time. How does it make you feel that God knows every single one of your thoughts?
2: I have mixed feelings about it. It feels both comforting and and terrifying comforting because, oh, God knows all of me, all parts of me. I don't have to hide, and he loves me still. But also terrifying because he does know all parts of me, even parts of me, maybe I don't see myself. So it's both for me.
1: Which is a tension. And we actually want to invite us as a body into that tension this morning, to be fully known by God, um, to to submit our lives to him as we move into the unknown. 2022 is going to ask a lot of us As a church, a lot of changes coming in just a couple of months. Um, Over the next probably eight weeks, you're going to hear a lot of ask, a lot of vision. We need people to serve and do all these things. Um, As a Bentonville guy, Springdale girl, Rogers guy, like this is one of the last times we get to do this together. And so there is some grieving that's going to be happening. But man, as we just kind of get ready to go and run and like see God's kingdom move, I pray that this is where we start that each of us individually can just go, Lord, I submit to you. Would you know my heart? Would you test me? Would you try my thoughts? Would you lead me into the way everlasting? So as we follow Jesus into the unknown of this next year, our last kind of spiritual practice time would be two things. When I think about submitting my life to the Lord, one of the things I'd love to do is to try to practice compassion. Um, I think it's one thing we see so evident in Jesus's life. There's that famous verse where he looks out and he sees the broken world, and what does it say? It says he has compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so you might just ask God in this moment, um, God, where would you be stirring in my heart to have compassion on others, to care for and empathize with those around me, whether it be in my neighborhood, in my community, In my family, there's probably family tension from being together at the holidays. God, how can I lead out of an overflow of your spirit and lead with compassion? And that might require some confession to the Lord of some things we need to let go of. And then the second one, I'd encourage each of us just to write a statement to the Lord of submission, like Jesus, I submit to you as Lord in this way this year, in this area of my life. Um, For some of you, that might be for salvation, like you've never followed Jesus. For others, it might be letting go of something and saying, Jesus, I submit to you. So in the quiet of your seat, in your heart, with your paper, um, just ask you guys to go to the Lord with these two things.
0: One of my favorite spiritual disciplines is to sit at the piano at my house, in the office, a piano that my dad gave me a few years back, and to just process what the Lord is doing in my own heart and just to put that to melody and make it a prayer that I can take with me as I go throughout my days and oftentimes even a prayer that I can share with others. Lord's been teaching me through Psalm 86, it says, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. So this morning, I'm going to sing one of those prayers over you. And as I sing, encourage you to continue to process and maybe make this your prayer as you confess and as you submit your life to him. God, would you give me an undivided heart, a whole devotion that is aimed towards you and a life that is fulfilling your purposes. This is my prayer. Lord, I come to you and I confess my divided heart and my unfaithful To the wounded you are healed, to the weary you are for the theme of my life, the theme of my life, the theme of my life.
1: as a church family want to walk alongside you guys as we head into a new year. So I want to offer a couple of things. Um, If you just need some prayer, we're going to stick around up here at the front after we dismiss. We'd love to pray over you. Um, But also, we have uh, some resources out at the central booth. I want to run through those real quick. We actually don't have them for sale or anything. We just have some QR codes that will link you to where you could purchase these. But um, Amy has put together 31 Days in the Psalms. If you want to just kick off the new year and need something to read, it's a great way to just spend some time with the Lord for the first 31 days in January. Uh, the next four are just books that have meant, um, meant something to us, that have allowed mm-hmm. us to slow down and to get to know God more and to do life with him. Uh, very wide range of books uh, for those four. And then the last one, um, this is a big one. It's a, a, a link to our Counseling and Care Center here at Fellowship. Treat yourself 2022, okay? Uh, Buy yourself a counseling session. It's not as cool as a new iPhone, but it could change the trajectory of your life. I actually got this as a gift to my wife, not for her, but six sessions for myself as an offering to say like, hey, I know I've got some things that I need to work on. Um, And she said it was the best Christmas gift that she got. And so you're welcome to uh, go to that website and contact Dan or one of our counselors to get set up with that. But all those resources will be out at the central
2: booth. So as we, we leave today, we hope man, that you're reminded of the goodness of God and how he wants to walk with us through all seasons. And then he delights in us and he cares for us. And and we pray as we go into the new year as fellowship we will continue to be a church and that seeks him and invites him into our lives as we in turn seek to invite other people and to know him alongside us as we pursue following Jesus together. So. As we leave, I'd love to read a prayer over us. You can follow along on the screen, and I'll be pray—I'll pray this. It's actually from one of the books, the *Diary of a Private Prayer*. So I'll read this over us as we as we end. Here I am, O God, humbly yours, lifting up my heart to you, before whom all created things are as dust and mist. You are hidden behind the curtain of our limited sight and hearing, incomprehensible in your greatness mysterious in your almighty power. Yet here am I speaking to you with the familiarity of a child to a parent, a friend to a friend. If I could not speak to you like this, then I would indeed be without hope in the world. I have little power to do or control anything. It is not by my will that I am here, or will one day pass away. Of all that will come to me today, very little will have been what I have chosen for myself. Dear Father, take this day's life into your keeping. Guide all my thoughts and feelings. Direct all my energies. Instruct my mind. Sustain my will. Take my hands and give me the skill to serve you. Take my feet and make them quick to do whatever you ask. Take my eyes and keep them fixed on your everlasting beauty. Take my mouth and give me the words to tell others of your love. Make this day a day of obedience, a day of spiritual joy and peace. Make this day's work a little part of the work of the kingdom of my Lord Jesus, in whose name these prayers are said. Amen. Amen. Well, fellowship, we are thankful for you. Thank you for worshiping as a family of God this morning. And we will see you in 2022 next week. See you next next year.